0: You are listening to another episode of the Hey Social Babes podcast. My name is Brittany Megan and I will be your host. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hey Social Babes, welcome back to the podcast. I am super excited for today's episode. Today I am joined by Hannah Boardman who is a cognitive hypnotherapist master NLP practitioner and life coach. Hannah works with busy women all over the world to unleash themselves in their struggles with food, their emotions, and the fear of not being good enough so that they can start showing up, speaking up, and standing out in their business and life. Hey girl, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Brittany. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. It's such an honor to have you. You are unlike any other guests that we have had before, so this episode's going to be lots of fun. And we're going to kind of dive into, you know, anxiety and overwhelm in business, which I'm super excited about. So to get started, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started with your journey and mindset.
1: Sure. So yeah, my name's Hannah. As you can tell from the accent, I'm originally from London, but I actually moved to Sydney two years ago. You know, I needed the sunshine <laughs> in my life, <laughs> unfortunately. And yeah, I trained as a cognitive hypnotherapist after coming out the other side of 15 year battle with an eating disorder and major anxiety issues and you know over that time I literally tried everything possible out there I'd gone through you know CBT counseling psychology medication self-help like literally the works but there was something still holding me back and I was still getting these flare-ups of anxiety and the eating disorder was still a massive part of my life and I just didn't understand why I couldn't fully overcome these things, and it was actually only when I went to see a cognitive hypnotherapist, and that's a little bit different to normal hypnotherapy. It actually combines conscious work like your CBT and your behavioral psychology and talking therapies, but with a lot of subconscious work and brain rewiring techniques and I learned during that you know our subconscious is responsible for ninety percent of what we do on a day to day basis, so I actually realized I needed something that helped me work on those subconscious things holding me back as well. And for me, this was the difference that made the difference. And that gave me that permanent freedom from my eating disorder and my anxiety issues. And it's actually now, obviously, I've gone into it and trained it in myself. And it's the method I use with all my clients. Yeah, it was just a really long and challenging, confusing road with a lot of anxiety and overwhelm. And. Going through that, I just wanna help people overcome the same sort of things as quickly as possible so they don't have to struggle for as long as I did. And they can really get to understand their mind and themselves to be able to take back control, whether that's in a personal life or professional life.
0: I love that so much. And I feel like what's so amazing about your journey is that like you were really inspired by your own journey and you kind of found your purpose with working people through that, which is so cool. Because I feel like it it just hits a different way when it's so close to you what you're doing in terms of your business and stuff like that when you have that experience already. So that's so amazing that you were able to kind of take that experience and turn it into something where you're now helping other people overcome those same kinds of things and I know before we actually, you know, started recording this podcast the last time Hannah and I talked we were talking about eating disorders and that's something that even I struggled with when I was in high school. So I feel like whether it's eating disorders or anxiety issues, any sort of, I want to say like block that kind of just holds you back from being the best version of yourself, I feel like can really, really, really interrupt your journey to success. So kind of turning this back into business, why do you think so many entrepreneurs experience anxiety and overwhelm?
1: Well, first of all, I just want to point out, you know, business is hard. It's so bloody hard. and There's so much going on, not just the anxiety. You've got the fear of failure, overwhelm, the worrying, you know, sometimes you get stuck comparing or trying to people please or feeling like an imposter. There's so much going on. So I completely understand, you know, it is a hard thing to go into. But from my experience and from working with people, the mistake that I see most people making is actually they try and become the person by what they can achieve. So what happens is they get stuck in this human doing in order to be the person they want to be. And actually what happens then is they don't give themselves the permission to feel confident in themselves or feel like they know who they are or what they have to offer until they are rich enough or smart enough or successful enough. But, you know, the truth is that when you become the person, you actually start achieving what really matters to you and not the other way around. But there's so much going on and it's so easy to get stuck in this human doing. And I kind of say, we're, we're meant to be human beings, yet yeah, in business, half the time we are stuck in human doing, which is the mistake. And then we try to become the person by the things that we achieve. And I've been there. I've done exactly that myself. That
0: makes so much sense. I feel like as entrepreneurs, we like forget to put ourselves first because we're always like, oh, until I reach that sales goal. Until I become a millionaire, until I do these things, it's like we don't want to give ourselves permission to nourish ourselves and fill our own cut back up and come from a place of, you know, just being totally okay with where we're at now and enjoying the journey, right? Do you see that a lot as well?
1: A hundred percent. It's the I'll be happy when syndrome. And it's the same in all aspects of life. I'll be happy when I hit my first 10K or I sign my first 10 clients up When I lose that five kg, when I move house, when I meet the right person. And like you said, it becomes this like carrot (laughs) that we just keep on chasing and we get there and it's never enough. And then we have to set the next carrot and the next carrot. And like you said, we're always on this constant moving hunt for something. And it really saps and takes away from the present moment and actually recognizing what the good things that we're doing and what we've got in this present moment. But just always, like I said, always stuck in this human doing, always on the hunt for the next thing and the next thing, but never really truly finding that. That's when I say it's the I'll be happy when syndrome.
0: Right. By <laughs> women. Yeah, no, and it's it's funny because like I've never heard that way of expressing it, like that I'll be happy when. I feel like even it's something that I struggle with. I feel like every entrepreneur mm. struggles with it in some way, shape, or form. Would you say that people develop certain things like eating disorders or anxiety or overwhelm that have never had them before because of that stress with business, because of that constantly needing to chase something? Do you see that happen?
1: Yeah, I mean, the business can be the trigger for the anxiety, the overwhelm, and that often leads into bad habits or coping mechanisms. And I always try and explain, you know, behaviors around food, whether, well, but it doesn't even have to be food. It could be food, alcohol, shopping, gambling, anything. These are all coping mechanisms to be able to deal with the anxiety and the stress. So in a way, the stuff that we've got going on in our business, that is a hell of a lot. We've got a lot to deal with, a lot going on. It can trigger a lot of unwanted emotions, which is when the anxiety and the stress can really heighten, which then can lead people down the path of, oh my God, I've got to get rid of this anxiety. I don't want to feel this anymore. So they find ways of coping and often they're not necessarily the healthiest or most serving ones and people can get stuck down the food route you know the drinking route smoking or all, all of them in the above it doesn't even have to be one so that's kind of like a process but often the business and the amount of work they have to do in the business can be the trigger. Right
0: which is so crazy to me because I feel like a lot of people, they do deal with this in business. So when you have clients come to you and they're kind of going through this, what's that first step that you normally recommend them taking? Like, do you tell them to, for example, like block off time in their calendar for themselves or like, what would be that like big tip that you would give them?
1: So the, the key tip I would give them is firstly, I would explain that the ways they're coping their behaviors. That is just basically the symptom of something going on much deeper underneath. And it's really important to uncover what that is, as in what is driving the anxiety, what is driving the overwhelm, what is driving the behaviors around food or drink, etc. Because when you get to that core issue, and often it comes back to things like, I'm not good enough, fearing failure, I'm not worthy, I'm undeserving. These are the things which need to be focused on first because a lot of the time I see people come to me and they say, look, I'm trying to eat healthy. I'm trying to go to the gym. I'm trying to get organized. I'm trying to create a routine and structure in my day, but it's just not happening. And all of these things are fixing things at the surface and they can be very, very difficult to do if you've got that core belief that I'm not good enough. I don't deserve this. I'm scared of failing. If that is running on in the background. So the very first step would be to actually uncover the core thing, what is driving that, what is driving those behaviors, what's driving those uncomfortable emotions, because working on that will allow all the structuring, the routine and the eating healthy and all those plans feel much, much easier to do. It's kind of like working on those things first is like an outside in rather than an inside out approach, kind of like you're putting a Band-Aid on and that will give you short term relief. But if you're looking to really kind of resolve these things for good and permanently, you've got to look deep and what is at the core, if that makes sense.
0: It does. And I guess this more so is talking about, again, that like subconscious mind, right? Like what's going on that you don't even realize, Mm -hmm. like, because I can even think of certain things like in, in my personal experience where it's like exactly like what you were saying. I was trying to do something, couldn't do it, couldn't do it, couldn't do it. And then it's like, just talking about it, sometimes you get out the real reason why you're not doing something. And it's like, you don't necessarily pay attention to that thought every day, but it's kind of always in the back of your head and you're not like really paying
1: attention to it. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's quite a good question, actually, that I tell people to ask themselves to kind of uncover that, that root cause and that issue. And this is, if there was something that you believed about yourself, that was at the root of your anxiety overeating, emotional eating, overdrinking. What would that be if you could start that with I or I am? And that's quite a simple way to really kind of uncover that core limiting belief, whether that's, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm a failure. I'm undeserving. It's all of those kind of themed things, those limiting beliefs. But that's quite a simple way to really kind of get under the, under the hood of the car, as I like to say. And it's even with anxiety. You know, what is causing you to be anxious? And again, anxiety is an emotion, but it's also we can get stuck doing our anxiety as a way of coping with something going on much deeper underneath. Right. And
0: I love that you said that because I just feel like a lot of people are probably listening right now and thinking, oh, like I I relate to that. I know exactly what you're talking about. So with that being said, you know, speaking of these limiting beliefs and like when you realize that this is the root of the problem or when you realize why you're really not getting where you're trying to go what would you say are some ways to deal with that anxiety and overwhelm
1: mhm so i'm sure you've heard the term of you've got to just learn to sit with your emotions because <laughs> i've been told that multiple times in the past and if you're anything like me when that anxiety and that overwhelm just takes hold really strongly I mean, I couldn't think of anything worse than having to just sit with the pain and the discomfort. And again, kind of understanding where that anxiety and overwhelm is coming from. And actually the precursor to anxiety is uncertainty. And uncertainty comes from us getting stuck out in the future and actually trying to predict something that can't be predicted because it hasn't happened yet. And this anxiety and the overwhelm is really kind of got to look at it as a signal. And this is a signal coming from our subconscious mind because our subconscious is the part of the brain which contains our emotions. And our subconscious's main job is basically to keep us safe. It's like our survival instinct. And the one of the bits of information it looks for in our environment are our emotions. And this includes negative emotions. So it will see that anxiety. It will see that overwhelm and think that we're under threat, that we're not safe. So it will do whatever it needs to do to get you away from that feeling and that perceived threat, which is then, like I said earlier, which is when we find ourselves either trying to distract ourselves, trying to fight the feelings, ignore them, or turning to those coping mechanisms like food, chocolate, shopping, to escape the pain. But this is only gonna provide you short-term relief before you start to feel worse again. And like I said earlier, it's like putting a band over the wound You feed what you focus on, essentially. So the more you fight the anxiety and the overwhelm, the more you're trying to ignore it, distract it, the stronger that energy will become. Because that, in turn, requires energy, and energy that you're directing at those uncomfortable feelings, which is going to fuel its strength over time. But I'll just give you a quick kind of example of how to actually manage your emotions from inside out, so no longer needing those bad habits or coping mechanisms. So first thing I want to point out is anxiety, overwhelm is an emotion and emotions are felt in the body. It can sometimes feel like we feel them in our in our heads and in our minds, but actually they're just like any other bodily sensations like coughing or sneezing. So the very first thing to do when you feel those familiar signs of anxiety is firstly just to pause before going off an autopilot and reaching for whatever coping mechanism, the chocolate, the bottle of wine, the crisps, whatever that is. And ask yourself, okay, if there was somewhere in my body where I'm feeling this anxiety, where would it be? And like for me, it's always in my throat. It feels such a tight closing in feeling in my throat. So you want to give it a location first of all. And then we're going to start to build some more details. So if this feeling had a color, what color would it be? If it had a shape, what shape would it be? And going back to my feeling in my throat is always a black spiky ball. And you can think, okay, is it heavy? Is it light? How intense is it? And that ball is heavy. And I would say when my anxiety hits, it's about a nine out of 10. So you want to kind of build as many details around this feeling as you possibly can, because the more details you have, the easier it's going to be to intervene. And then once you've done that, you can actually start to use those details to manipulate that emotion. And what I mean by that is, for example, that black spiky ball, I could move it out of my body so I can see it in front of me. I could push it further away from me. I could turn the black into a gray, so turn the color up. I can make it see through. I could take the spikes away, make it smooth. And actually, it's just like using your imagination to play around with that feeling and notice what changes when you play around with the details. And you'll find that by manipulating the details, it will either ease the emotion or turn it up. And it's kind of working out what, what makes that feeling feel easier. And it's something really simple you can do anywhere, but it shows you that you actually have power over your emotions and you have control over what you're feeling without needing those old distractions, coping mechanisms. Does that make sense? (laughs) It does. And it's so funny. This is the first time in a podcast
0: episode that I don't know what to say because I'm (laughs) mind blown. I'm like... I just, I can't believe that because it's so crazy to me because anxiety is something that I've always struggled with in my entire life. And I've never heard of this technique. And as you were saying it, I I could follow along and be like, yeah, actually, yes, that you're right. Like that would work to do it like that because you're, you're just, again, playing around with, with how you look at anxiety really,
1: right? Which is so crazy. That is so amazing. (laughs) and everybody's different so everyone and what I say to people there's no right or wrong it's literally just whatever comes to your mind okay if it had a shape square rectangle whatever that is whatever color is and it's up to you and your mind to actually manipulate it and some people may find moving out with the body helps or some people may find that spreading it from their throat making it kind of thinner like paint changing the feeling turning it brighter or darker and this is all what you can do this is all within your power and your control and that actually centers you it grounds you and brings you back into the present moment because like I said anxiety is when we get stuck in that future mode but by simply focusing not on the context because often when we think about the details of why we're feeling anxious and trying to understand it you feed what you focus on so often that makes it worse so if we can bring it back to the details and like the location the shape the color it takes the context out and that is grounding in itself when we don't actually have to think about why or try and understand it or reason with ourselves. It's literally just focusing on those details to be able to intervene. And it's, it's so effective. And the more you do it, the quicker it is, is able to be resolved. It's like your brain kind of is like, oh, okay, I know what we're doing here. The first few times it may feel a little bit clunky, but right. like practice makes like permanent in a way for this.
0: That is so amazing. I am a hundred percent going to use this technique moving forward because I just feel like it, it could be so game changing. So thank you so much for sharing that. That was so amazing. Okay. So now that we kind of have this like way that we can kind of deal with our anxiety, what's another way, or what are some tips that you have in terms of keeping and holding a healthy mindset?
1: So I know there is a lot of information out there on mindset and it can kind of get quite confusing. But keeping in mind with everything I do is about showing you that you have way more control and power over your thoughts and feelings than you thought was once possible. So I always think about mindset as having two types. So we've got ELOC, which stands for external locus of control. And then we've got ILOC, which is internal locus of control. And I say to all my clients that the aim in life is to become ILOC in everything that we do. So people with an ELOC mindset, the external locus of control, people with this mindset, they kind of tend to allow things around them, people, situations or events to negatively influence how they feel and how they behave. And they also tend to react to things which they don't have any control over or they look outside themselves for reasons or explanations as to why things happen to them or to explain why they behave in certain ways. Whereas the flip side of that is, obviously lock, and this is what everyone needs to aim to work towards in my opinion so when you're in this mindset you choose to only focus on your own actions your own responses to people situations things happening around you and you take responsibility for your own actions and what this mindset does it actually helps you to regain control in uncertain situations like in business and puts you back in the driving seat essentially Because I've said to people, you know, nobody can take your power, only you can give it away. And by building this lock mindset, it really puts you back in the driving seat. Because at the end of the day, you know, the only thing that you can control is you, nothing else. And there's a little exercise that I always use when I get, because I do, I get anxious quite a lot still. And I'm not saying that this is the cure to everything. I still get anxious. I still got those days of overwhelm. But when the overwhelm hits there's a little exercise that I like to do is I just draw out two circles on a piece of paper and I literally brain dump out onto the page, all of my thoughts. And one of the circles will contain everything that I can control. And the other one is anything that I cannot directly influence. And I literally just write everything out onto that piece of paper and things you can't influence are things, you know, such as negative comments and social media People's actions, clients who say no and walk away, you know, that no you get on a sales call, other people's decisions. And the other circle are the things that you can control, the things that you can do better next time, what you can learn from these things, your thoughts, your feelings, how you can take control of them. And this is the circle actually where your focus needs to lie. Because if you're placing all of your focus and your time and your attention on that other circle of things you cannot directly influence, that in turn, all that's going to do is increase those anxiety and stress levels even more. So it's quite a good exercise to filter out what's going on in your mind. And you actually, it's a little bit of a training exercise to train your mind only to focus on those things that are within your control. Because that gives you that confidence and that reassurance that, okay, I'm doing everything I need to do. But the other circle, all that will do is increase those anxiety levels And this is like the kind of the heart of ILOC. It's training yourself to only act on the things that you can do something about. So like when something gets thrown your way that knocks you a little bit off guard, the question is, okay, what can I do here? And where's the opportunity? It's like, (laughs) I use that wherever I go um, at the moment. It's like a little mantra that just keeps me moving forward. Whenever life throws me a curveball, which often happens, it's like, okay, what can I do here? And where's the opportunity? Because It opens up the possibility of action in a way. And even if it doesn't feel like it at the time, there's nearly always something that you can do. And anything more than nothing is something (laughs) at the end of the day. (laughs) It makes
0: so much sense. And I love that so much because like, I'm just thinking of how much easier life would be if we stopped worrying about things that we literally have no control over. And that's where anxiety comes in, I feel like too, because it's like you can't do anything about those things that you can't control. So instead of, you know, focusing on, like you said, that client that maybe said no and walked away and maybe looking at, okay, like where could I improve during my next sales call or during my next, you know, client interaction or or what can I do to get in front of my ideal client, right? So those kinds of things, I think it's such a big help when you put it that way because, That's what it comes down to. We don't need to worry about things we can't control because that's wasting time, right? That is so amazing. You've been so awesome, Hannah. It's been such an honor having you on the podcast. I have one last question for you, and it's what is your favorite boss girl quote and why?
1: This is a good one. I was like, oh, which one shall I use? There's so (laughs) many. But for me, it kind of comes back to a little personal bit of my story. And the quote is Strength comes from struggle. When you learn to see your struggles as opportunities to become stronger, better, wiser, then your thinking shifts from, I can't do this, to, I must do this. That's something I kind of have everywhere. And yeah, it's come back from that time of my life where it was really painful and all those years of hardship and discomfort. And like we said at the start, I've come out the other side and Actually, looking back, if I changed one bit of that story, I may not even be here today. Or I would probably be here talking to you. And it's actually given me the opportunity to do something with my life that means something and make an impact and change people's lives. So I think when you come out the other side of hard times and you look back, it always teaches you something and you always learn something from it. And often I, I speak to people and they say the same thing like, yeah, it was hard, but I would not have changed a thing. I don't know if you experienced that.
0: A hundred percent in more ways than I could even say. Like even even when I think of, um, I I was in a car accident a few years ago and it was one of the most difficult parts of my life. But I look back and I'm like, I'm actually grateful for that experience because I wouldn't be where I am today sitting in this seat, you know, interviewing people and having an online business because at that time I was a hairdresser and I didn't feel fulfilled. I always wanted to be a hairdresser, but I never really felt like that's where I needed to be. So I totally understand that. And the thing is, is that I hear it all the time, and it it makes so much sense is that you don't grow unless you are coming from a place of fear or you're coming from a place of pain. Those are the spots that make you grow. And people get uncomfortable and they're like, I don't want these feelings. I don't want them and want to shut down. But it's like that's where you learn and that's where you get to grow from. So I love that you said that quote. That was so amazing. I'm going to have to like put it on a sticky note, put it on a mirror somewhere. <laughs> All the quotes that we get on the podcast are just so unique. It's like I have a, a mirror full of sticky notes. <laughs> <right now. laughs> They're just so good. But it's been such an honor having you, Hannah. Tell us where we can find you. Tell us if you have any offers or freebies or any fun stuff that we can look out for. And yeah, tell us where we can
1: find you. So on social media, the main place is Instagram, which is Hany Living Unleashed. And the link in my bio has literally all the resources that I've got. I've got free trainings and guides to help overcome food issues and emotional struggles. And I've also got a free private Facebook group called Women Living Unleashed on Facebook, where I do weekly sessions and host a lot of lives and, you know, try and give a lot of support and encouragement. a bit of accountability as well. So Instagram and Facebook, my two main places to find me. I love that. Thank you so much, girl. Make sure you guys
0: go ahead and follow Hannah, connect with her, go take advantage of her resources, give her a follow. And by the time this episode is out, I would have actually already guest spoke on Hannah's Instagram. So go check out her IGTV. We will have something over there that you guys can watch on the replay. And thank you so much, Hannah. You have been honestly a golden nugget, a gem. You literally brought the fire. And I know so many people probably got like so many golden tips from this episode. So thank you once again.
1: It's been amazing. And I could talk all day, unfortunately, <laughs> but I'm really excited to talk to you on, on my interview show as well. So that's going to be loads of fun. Yes, yeah, thank you. Me too. It was such
0: an honor. Guys, I will see you guys in the next episode. And until then, stay social. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Hey Social Babes podcast. If you liked this episode, don't forget to share it to your Instagram stories. And until next time, stay social.